14th or the 1st, 14th. The Capricorn is actually, it seems it's a little bit easy to explain, but it's actually not so easy. It's got multiple symbols, symbolism associated with it. I may actually read out some of DK's esoteric astrology and comment a little bit, just the beginning of it, because I can go with the card. He says here, this is one of the most difficult signs about which to write, for it, as you know, is the most mysterious sign of all the twelve. It is the sign of the goat, which seeks its sustenance in the most rocky and arid of the world's places, and it therefore relates man to the mineral kingdom. It is also the sign of the crocodiles, which lives half in the water and half on dry land. It is spiritually the sign of the unicorn, which is the fighting and triumphant creature of the ancient myths. Under the symbolism of the above creatures, this sign gives us a rather complete picture of man with his feet on the earth, yet running free and climbing to the heights of the worldly ambition or of spiritual aspiration and search of what he realises at any particular time and to be his major need. This concept that the K said is one of the most difficult of all signs to write about is actually quite true. One of the reasons is that it is the mount of substance. You know, that's what the mountain represents, but it's really the mountain of mind. And I often call it in my own head the mount of God or the mind of God. Technically, when you... It's quite interesting with regards to the symbolism of God. It has two different connotations. As you know, in this particular case, the goat is climbing up the mountain and the sure-footed goat is the symbol of the initiate or the aspirant that is becoming an initiate when he reaches the summit. He's sure-footed because he knows his place in the samsara. But in the, in the Bible, there's a text relating to uh, of Jesus, which basically says, you know, sort of, I shall separate the sheep from the goats. In this particular metaphor, the, the sheep are the disciples of the world. They follow the good shepherd, which is the Christ. And the goats relate to the dark brotherhood. They're the ones that forage on, on in rough, rough vegetation. But you can see that the symbolism changes according to um, the the level of interpretation. The mountain of God, it really symbolizes or is an expression of the cosmic mental plane, the subplanes of the cosmic mental plane. In many ways, Capricorn governs them. But effectively, it governs the law of economy. The, the the lowest of the seven subplanes. Also, when you're talking about the substance of mind, manas, but when we translate it into uh, the cosmic perspective, the term is mahat, or cosmic mind. And with mahat, I always put a capital M. When you're looking at this particular aspect of mahat, or manas, mind, then where, where we're really focused upon is the diva kingdom. And this is one of the earthy signs with Virgo and Taurus. So these these three signs all have a relationship-specific affinity to the Divas. Capricorn is specifically the substance of cosmic unredeemed mind. So it's the primordial substance, Mula Prakriti. And the relationship of the Logos, the Logoic mind, and how it incorporates that substance into a Logoic form or body of manifestation 
is all part of the symbolism of the mystery of Capricorn. And you can see, therefore, it's the, uh, the most ancient of the signs. Exoterically, a Capricornian can be hard, rocky material, very cruel, unyielding, very mentalistic. And at the same time, when these things are converted, you get the, the awakened initiate, which um, the symbolism is the unicorn. You can see that the whole symbolism associated with Capricorn is the evolution, transformation, transmutation and transmogrification of substance into cosmic mind. The whole gamut of that whole process. And with the yoga carrier um, philosophy, all is mind. All comes from mind, you know, all emanates from mind and all is resolved back into mind can only cognize and know anything because of mind. So you can see that this particular mountain is the, the beginning and the ending, the alpha and omega of it all. And in reality, um, the alpha can be seen as the ram, you know, the, the ram pushing onwards the whole cycles of evolution with its down-turned horns. And I talked about earlier the, the spiral horns of the ram, its involutionary and evolutionary process and what it symbolised. You get the other sign in the zodiac with two horns, and DK explains these in these first few pages, um, which is Taurus the bull. In a sense, you've got the downturned hands, uh, horns of, of the, the ram producing the whole progress of evolution, the impetus to evolve, and then you get the bull of desire, clothing all of that with whatever the desire principle wants and needs in order to evolve. So it's the, the body of the flesh uh, or the substance of the mind, whereas Aryan impetus you know, impels this into activity. And then finally you get the upturned turned horns of the, the goat, climbing up the, the mountain. So it's the t sign of termination. It's the sign of the ending of things. So if you want, Alpha is, is Aries and Omega is um, Capricorn and, and Taurus is the in-between. Often, I, I often like to think of Aries and Taurus almost as synonymous. It's like the first and the, you know, almost uh, as one sign. It's like the first and second ray lines. They can almost not be without each other. So you can see in this particular progress, the the whole the whole evolution of of the signs. And here, for instance, he says the three horned signs in Aries is the mystery of God the Father, creation; in Taurus is mystery mystery of God the Son, redemption; and in Capricorn is the mystery of God the Holy Spirit, liberation. It may be pointed out here that it is the will of the Father aspect manifesting through Aries that governs Shambhala. The loving desire of the Son, which attracts to the hierarchy, permeating intelligent activity of the Holy Spirit, which animates the center of divine life, which we call humanity. So the um, Aryan impulse governs Shambhala. The Taurian energy is the, the wisdom principle that governs uh, hierarchy. And the active intelligence, which is the law of economy, which governs the progress of evolution, which is Capricorn. And, of course, the progress of evolution is to turn out of all of those human units uh, initiates.
So here he says, the ram leads us into creative life of earth and into the darkness of matter. This is the blue of midnight. The bull leads into the places of desire and in search of wrathful satisfaction. This is the red of greed and anger, changing eventually into the golden light of illumination. The goat leads us into arid ways in search of food and water. This is the need for green. But the goat is equal also to climbing to the mountaintop. So eventually the ram becomes the scapegoat and the will of, of God in love and salvage is demonstrated. The bull becomes the bestower of light and the darkness of the earlier cycle is lightened by the bull. The goat becomes the unicorn and leads to victory. The crocodile and the goat and the unicorn depict three stages of man's unfoldment. You can see these, these horn signs have quite a interesting relationship. So why haven't you put, why aren't there horns on the one climbing up? Is that because it's a, a she-goat or what? How? I can't see any horns on it. No, there's no horns on it. For me, it's a young goat. Yeah, it, um, when it gets to the top. But I suppose when I, I should actually put tiny little stumps of horns on it just to give it a dis differentiation between it and, and a lamb. But yeah, it is actually a, a young goat. You, you asked me earlier why this particular symbol I drew it with three triangles. And the reason here is because, as C.K. says here on page 155, that the symbol of this sign is undecipherable and intentionally so. It is sometimes called the signature of God. I must not attempt to interpret it for you, partly because it has never yet been correctly drawn, and be partly because its correct delineation and the ability of the initiate to depict it produces an inflow of force that would not be desirable, except after due preparation and understanding. It is far more potent than the Pentagon and leaves the initiate unprotected. In the, an ancient astrological treatise, which has never yet seen the light of day, but which will someday be discovered when the right time has arrived, the relation between the horned animals of the zodiac is thus described. The ram, the scapegoat, and the sacred goat are three in one and one in three. The ram becomes the second and the second is the third. The ram that breeds and fertilizes all, the scapegoat, is the in, in the wilderness redeems that all, the sacred goat that merges in the unicorn and lifts impaled upon his golden horn, the vanquished form, in these the mystery lies hid. So you can see that the actual sign that is the way it's normally depicted in astrological text is incorrect. It's a veil. We went into this, I think, some time earlier. And knowing of the veil, I decided to put this symbol of this, uh, the three triangles in the down pointed as a form of the, of the Capricorn. There I was symbolizing triplicity, the three aspects of divinity and the, the phenomena of matter. So you get the cosmic mental, the cosmic astral, cosmic dense physical, bring it all those three energies as a creative urge down into the point of activity which represents samsara. So that whole process of uh, creation and the symbolism of Capricorn was there because I would not, in these cards, put in a esoteric symbol. Yeah, it produces an inflow of force which not, would not be desirable except under due preparation and understanding. What you have depicted here 
is a downflow of energy from cosmic mental plane producing a spiral cyclic activity of a logoic sphere. Then this descends down to the, the whole samsara as we call it. It really descends all the way down to the um, mental plane, the, the dense um, the systemic mental plane. And there, the energy of God, which is the energy of Kundalini, um, integrates with that substance, primordial substance, and coheres it into form. And then from then onwards, you get the aspiring upwards of the creative urge. So you've got involution, evolution, and at a certain point, which I have there, there's the attainment on the mountaintop. And after that, it just makes it an arc upwards into cosmos. It's no longer a straight line. It's a curved line of, of, of mutable mutability, of the absolutely fluid, mutable activity of, of the initiate. The specific quality of sign is on the right-hand side or the left-hand side? On the left-hand side. So, so it's a downward-moving spiral. Yeah, yeah. And then the right-hand side is actually the aspiration upwards and up the mountain to, to enlightenment. So you can see sign is, is quite a, a wonderful sign. It veils much. I started off also talking about the three earth signs. The sign that's missing, because we've been talking a bit about Taurus and Unicorn, or Taurus-Aries fusion and Capricorn, and then the other earth sign is Virgo which is also this triplicity and this particular sign that the way that I depicted Capricorn on this card is actually sort of like an inversion of Virgo which is one of the two signs that is triple, it's triune and it's got a bit of the lion's tail there and it's triune because it's the three aspects of the, the feminine principle of the activity of nature body, spirit of mind, or you know, body, speech of mind, the emotional body, the mental body, the physical body, all that type of... Um, so that's the, the Virgo and triplicity. And so in Virgo, you have the building of the form. The, the Virgo and body, all the builders of the form, whereas, which is what we regard as the, the divas specifically, whereas Capricorn is the impetusing mind that directs those builders because it's the initiates it's the it's the entire um, attained unicorn there's a two other mysteries he gives here behind all of the above lies the dual mystery of leo for leo is as far as humanity concerned the key to or clue to the entire zodiac and around the constellation leo two great mysteries are found you won't properly understand this until you read my section on the group laws in chapter 8 of the meditation book where I go into the cosmic laws. On the path of descent, now Leo is normally just depicted with its tail and what you really have at the top of this depiction of, of Capricorn is an inverted Leo sign. The reason behind that is because Leo governs the kingdom of souls. But in this particular case, it's the, it's the newly formed 10th degree initiate that is an individualized on the cosmic <laughs> mental plane. And so the newly formed soul... And the, so one of the things that is quite 
uh, interesting for, for those of you that are terrorists here is that you know, when you think of an individualization of a human kingdom, now this present humanity individualized about 17, 18 million years ago, and it took quite a bit of time, millions of years actually, before the door was closed of individualization. Now it's not one individual, but billions that became human units out of the animal kingdom. Just think, on the path of initiation, when you take your fourth initiation, you lose your soul. The soul dies. And you are soulless. What, what you do at that particular... Well, actually, from the third initiation onwards, from that particular point onwards, you're actually travelling as a member of the cosmic animal kingdom. You've entered into the animal kingdom proper. Just think about this. And a fourth degree initiate is likened in, in my book, sort of metaphorically, to an ant. Somewhere about the, the rate of evolution of an ant in our Earth system. And a fifth degree initiate is something like a bee sort of buzzing around a honey hive, which is the, the hive of Shambhala. And so we, we go upwards and so... You know, a six-degree initiate is a young mammal, or a seven-degree initiate is uh, something like a bird, you know, a dove, for instance, what um, Jesus, uh, the Christ is. An eighth and a ninth-degree initiate are large mammals. A ninth-degree initiate is a cow, for instance, at that level of mammal, cosmically speaking. And the, their body of manifestation is myriads of liberated beings as well. I mean, you have to think of the whole schema. But at the 10th initiation, they actually take an individualization. And this individualization is not an individual 10th degree initiate becoming a member of a human kingdom. It's whole billions of them becoming a member of a cosmic humanity. Can you imagine that blaze? <laughs> what that really represents? And so it's a staggering amount of time that's involved because the 10th degree initiates have to wait for cyclic opportunity and so forth. And in my chapter 8 of the meditation book, I'm actually trying to describe this process and then later on in Shambhala. So it's very important for all of you that are esoteric students to begin to come to grip with this concept of transmuted correspondences and, and to, to think beyond your mortal frame, what's, what it is that you're really aspiring and how tiny, if you want, <laughs> how minuscule on a cosmic evolutionary scale human beings really are. Now, they seem to think that they're the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the greatest beings in the universe and when they are, they're at the very beginning of, of the scale or whatever it is to be. And this Leo the Lion is the souls that are formed at the 10th degree. It's, that's what Leo governs. Then the whole process of descent, then it's the whole involutionary process down to the um, systemic mental plane, and then upwards again. So on one side it's Leo, and on the other side it'll be Taurus, when that governs this particular level of mental plane. I won't go into that, but he... He says, in relationship to Leo, there are two great mysteries. And you can see I've just been explaining to you one of the mysteries. And it's a mystery indeed, and to properly understand it. The mystery of the Sphinx, connected with the relation of Leo and Virgo, and tied with the secret of the solar angels. 
This is not the mystery of soul and form, but the mystery of the higher and lower mind and the relation to each other. In other words, how the human souls come into being, come into expression. And then, the mystery of the lion and the unicorn. This secret is preserved for us in the ancient nursery rhyme about the lion and the unicorn going up to town. And this particular nursery rhyme is well explained in the incredible string bond band song that starts with ducks on the pond and if you actually listen to the words because these songs of the incredible string band they are absolutely comms from Kutumi one after the other after the other after the other they contain some of the highest mysteries that have ever been given in song form but of course the people that that sang them. They did it such a good job of it, didn't understand. The lion and the unicorn going to town, and in this particular song, as meek as a lamb, he follows her wherever angels are. So, you know, so they give the, the answer to this particular mystery. And contains a particular, in a peculiar way, the secret of initiation and the going up of the human being to uh, the portal of substance into the hierarchy as well as the mystic raising of which masonry holds the key. This deals with the emergence of the consciousness of the initiate, white and one-pointed, and the defeat of the king of beasts, the personality, leading to the triumph of a group and world consciousness, of selflessness and illumination over self-consciousness and selfishness. In the true rendition of this ancient myth, the king of the beasts is blinded and killed by the piercing of his eye and heart by the long horn of the unicorn. Okay, so that was page 155 of Eastern Turk Astrology. That's a, a good background to the explanation of, of the card. Now, in my card, you can see that I, in those days, tried to depict as much as possible the symbolism of this card. At the very, very bottom, we have uh, crocodiles in the water. The crocodiles reptiles they live part on land and part on the ocean and one of the things you have to understand with this sign capricorn we're talking about the the fires of mind it's an earthy sign but the earth is really concreted mind and you always have to think of capricorn in terms of the fiery nature of mind so this crocodiles and this is the most ancient symbol for Capricorn. It really just symbolizes Kamamanis, desire mind. In its most elemental form, desire mind as it's attached to the earth, attached to samsara, lives in samsara, lives in the emotional watery world, and must yet develop mind. So it lives in the borderline between the two. Now, the ancient symbol for, or the eastern symbol for, for Capricorn is Makara. This is a very, very detailed version of Makara here. We can see at the very bottom a type of entity that's got the whole sphere of the, the sword, three blades, and the serpent coming out of its mouth. Above the Makara in this particular case is um, a version of uh, a cock, but it's also Garuda. You know, this, this particular um, Purba is exceedingly uh, phenomenal book can be written about it. Then Hayagriva as the horse's head, the version of, of Ablokotis Pharaoh. Okay, we won't go into the, the Purba symbolism. And so you can see this is the genesis of mind and all the samskaras that people busy have to battle 
as they travel up the mountain. The crocodiles eventually transmute, I suppose, into the sure-footed goat. And the goat is a scavenger. It's not like a sheep. A sheep sort of, you know, you've got to keep them on a nice verdant field. They, they eat grass, travel in nice flocks. Uh, goats can travel in flocks also, but they're often sort of individualistic. And it's one of the symbols of, of the Dark Brotherhood aspect to do with that. It's, it's the individualistic aspect of the goat. And the fact that they can eat, you know, rough carrion, anything that, that's there. But that's also the yogi or the yogini that lives in the um, the, the, the meagerest of, of diets and in the, the harshest of environments. And so both the yogi or the yogini, black and white, is, is symbolized by this particular goat. At the center, we we have a, a very complicated, uh, well, a, a complex symbol of a goat's head pointed upwards but surrounded by a ring of crocodiles and so the and within that there is a a mandala actually the the main thing is the pentagram and the whole uh, symbolism of the pentagram and when you actually look at the goat's head with its nose two ears and two horns you have a symbolic pentagram there the whole mystery of the pentagram is veiled by Capricorn. It's the tenth sign of the zodiac, so it's two times five. The other thing to do with this number ten, it's also the solar plexus center. So it's the relationship of the head lotus to the solar plexus that comes into play here with the concept of Makara, and Makara is the the goat fish. And out of the mouth of Makara comes the triune cutting edge, the blade of the purba. And so you have the three aspects of time, past, present and future, and the three gunas, Rajas, Tattvas and Tamas, the Father, Son, Mother, the, all the trinities of life symbolised there. Then there, out of, in each of the, the blades, we have the serpent. In this case, it's single, and other purpose is a dual serpent, which relate to the Ida and Pingala Nadis. But the serpent is... You know, poison. It poisons you because if you devour, use, utilize the serpents of lust, of desire, of sensuality, of attachment to material things, is what poisons and then keeps you tied to samsara and to pain and suffering. But then the uh, obverse of that is the liberating kundalini energy. And so makara um, is related with both. Uh, in this particular case here, we have the the cock or or the um, that um, eats the serpents of desire, poison. Uh, I think also in in the French, this cock or you know, the cockerel, which is the national symbol, has probably also got to do with this ability to to eat those poisonous things and to defend its territory well, because that's the national symbol of of France with the fleur de lis and the lovely blue colour and the gold. Uh, love the French flag. I mean the old symbol, not the, so much the new one, but the you know the, what their kings wrapped themselves in. Yes, and um, highly symbolic. And this particular symbol, which I is only veiled in the centre here, is really the relationship between black and white magic. The black magician has its power in Capricorn um, once it wields the the serpent and the solar plexus center via the head 
or absolutely dominates the head. And of course, it can also travel up the mountain of initiation as a goat. And then the relationship of the White Brotherhood. So you've got this particular battle. And incidentally, this Capricornian full moon is another one to careful of because it's the black version of the DB that have the, their power base in Capricorn. The watery version of the DB that have their power base in the polar opposite of Capricorn, which is Cancer. And of course, it's uh, an arm of the Cardinal Cross. And that's the reason why it's um, difficult to explain. And once the goat masters all of the crags and uh, the, of the journey up the mountain, all the difficulties of the tests and trials of initiation and passes them and gets there to the top, it becomes transfigured. Yeah, to me, it's quite, quite funny when I do see the way people often depict unicorns as horses with a, with, a, with a long horn on it, when in fact, it's a form of goat horse. It's, you know, it's a goat, really, you know, with some horse-like qualities such as a mane, but it's the long horn, and the horn is the horn of plenty. It's the horn of the initiate that gives to all in need and of course it symbolizes the the piercing attributes of the all-seeing eye the way it is wrapped around its spiral cyclic motion in a forward progressive manner which integrates the the energy of of the will of god so it's different to the type of curved horn of a ram straight because it's forward progressive whereas the ram's horn is curly and then straight which is the um, spiral cyclic type of motion. And the bull's horns is just um, like crescent moons, which is the um, just simply the cyclic motion. And so we have the three types of um, energy dispensation in these three animals. The sure-footed ram becomes, of course, the transfigured unicorn, can take, grows wings and flies off into the spiritual sky. And the colours associated with this mountaintop experience the colours of the higher mental plane. So dragons appear in our cosmology is a lot more significant than unicorns. So how you sort of put forth dragons as a whole kingdom? The, dra- the dragons are associated with the sign Libra. And as I pointed out before, they really hold the scales in, its, in their mouth. You've got um, Aries and Libra as the two arms of, you know, the two pole opposites of the mid- of the Cardinal Cross. You've got Capricorn and Cancer as the other two arms of the Cardinal Cross, so the dragons are part of that whole Cardinal It appears that unicorns are not, like, just stepping outside just the lens of astrology for a moment. Mm. Um, it, dragons, you know, we perceive as the third kingdom, human, even dragon kingdom. Where do the unicorns fit in that? The unicorns relate to the third initiation. And I'm thinking of... Just let me, just let oh, me explain. Sorry, I just realised... The I'm unicorn thinking. relates to the third initiation. Mm. The dragon relates to the fifth. The horse with wings, mm. it, it does relate the to the fourth ray. But whereas the unicorn is more the third ray okay. aspect or the fifth ray aspect. The the Pegasus is more, I always see it more in, of a chakra, I always more or less see it in terms of the diaphragm chakra. Mm-hmm. Or, to, to explain it properly, it's the, every chakra, as they unfold, the, with the Pegasus, mm-hmm. um, to give you the esoteric significance of Pegasus, the petals of, 
of the chakras, of any chakra, and when you're looking at the pole opposites of the, of the petals of the chakras, are the wings of the pegasus. And the horse's mind is the fiery energy that turns the petals. What you have to understand is what chakras do. They transmit consciousness or aspects of consciousness. So as you awaken chakras, you move from one dimension of perception to the next, one level of consciousness to the next. And that's what the wings of the Pegasus does, right? Esoterically, it's the, the movement of consciousness in relationship to the awakening of chakras. Oh, okay. That's interesting, because I do have Pegasus arise kind of almost out of nowhere, but like relatively regularly, but just often just not for long. And then I'll see them or there'll be a vehicle, you know, you can see yourself traveling them, but I actually don't. I often just partly feel like I am the Pegasus or I just see it and it's like taking me. That's right. So it's the, the consciousness of the awakening of the chakras yeah, nice. that moves through dimensional space. It's difficult to explain, but... Maybe it's connection, you know, we think of the horse as symbolising the mind and the wings, you know, frequently symbolise a sense of freedom but more technically the capacity to, to move through space. Yeah. So it's almost like the Pegasus represents the transcendent mind that can move through space, almost like a that's what it, That's what it symbolises at, at all the levels yeah. of, of expression of it. Whereas the, the unicorn is much more focused. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got the piercing horns and it relates to the direction of the mind to the summit of attainment. That is Could you relate Pegasus to, to the soul? Well, yes. If you, when you think of the, the soul itself as being a chakra, and so the, the pegasus also is, is the movement of the petals, of the unfoldment of the petals or consciousness within the petals. And the, the forces within the, the soul can be lots of pegasuses travelling. So the pegasus is more related to the second ray, whereas the unicorn is more related to the third ray. And the dragon is more related to the first, you know, or carries mind. So dragon are connected to the first and fifth, The first and the third ray. Yeah, but he, he said they represent the fifth initiation. So I don't really need to go too much into the unicorn unless you have an idea of what it does and uh, what it symbolises. The exoteric qualities of the sign, the keynote is, of course, the hard and often cruel material man. The esoteric statement is the mountaintop of attainment. That's where the disciple and, of course, it means the mountaintop of accomplishment in all, whatever level. Whenever you reach a peak of whatever service you do, that is um, one of the peaks of, of the mountain that you're climbing. And so it, it's a, a sign of termination or completion and of triumph. If you're going the right way, of course, if you're going the, the left-hand pathway, it can also be triumph in their world. The esoteric quality associated with the sign is the unicorn of God. The hierarchical sign, yes, the unicorn of God. And I've gone into the reason why the horn is 
long and straight and spiral. It's forward progressive motion. It's got to do with the, in, in reality, what you're talking about with this horn and it's the, 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 the flight. And if you look at the color of my card while it's flying into it, the, the predominantly orange and, and uh, yellow, pink, and of course the central white, this is actually the Kunlini. And so the Pegasus is an extension of the Kunlini fire. You know, I can, you know, I just had a flash then of a dragon breathing fire and, and the flames that's coming out of his mouth is just a whole host of unicorns. No, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. You can see these are mysteries, aren't they, that, that being revealed to you. And they all got to do with um, consciousness aspects. The rulers of this sign, near yeah, Saturn, Saturn and Venus. Third ray, third ray, and fifth ray. Yeah. Capricorn yeah, is the, yeah. the third ray and the ruler of karma. Yeah, we're talking about Capricorn, so yeah. So it's Saturn, Saturn. And so exoterically and esoteric, it's Saturn, which is the lord of karma. Mm-hmm. And of course, the atomic plane and the ruler of um, everything that's the higher mind and the power. Venus is fifth ray. The Venus is fifth ray, but it's um, the fifth ray in terms of, um, if you think of the soul, the soul resides on the abstract domain of the mind. Mm-hmm. And Venus, the beauty of, of the goddess Venus, is really the energy that comes from the abstract domain of the mind, rather than the concrete. And so it's the fifth ray via the soul. Here again, this hierarchical rule, therefore Venus is responsible in many ways to the evolution of, of the, the kingdom of souls of humanity. You can see um, Saturn is called the great unfortunate in orthodox astrology because the, well, first of all, it travels very slowly around the sun. And so it's melancholy, they say. But the other thing, of course, is that the effects of the pain and suffering and all of that that karma brings most people as they're travelling slowly through their lives in this melancholy way. And so exoterically, that's the symbol of, of Saturn. But Saturn, of course, can also bring you opportunity for enlightenment, for liberation, and, and the rest of it. In this particular sign, you know, it goes into the abstract mind, which is the pinnacle of the mountain. You go from the, the waters to the sand, which is the ethers, into the, the green of the astral plane, and you climb up the mountain of mind, substance of mind, the concretion of mind, until eventually you attain the abstract mind and you climb up as you project the antikranas to the domain of the higher mind to produce its clear light. And of course, that's more or less what the unicorn symbolizes, the clear light of mind, the, the clear mind of God, the power to create, to change things of its horn, to kill the lion of your egos. After the clear light of mind, you have different band of colors represent... The rays? The, these are rays, yeah, you can see the third ray, second ray, fifth ray, the sixth ray, the, the central is the, the very central hub of the iris of the eye, in this case it's just pure white. But I look at these as sub, the colorings of or, or the subplanes of the mental itself. The line of demarcation between the left and the right hand path, which I hinted at before, happens in Capricorn, in relation to Capricorn. So it's only, it's, for the first two initiations, the white and the dark brotherhood can take these initiations. But after that, the third initiation is where there's a demarcation. Because the third initiation brings you into Shambhala, and there's not, no place. So there's the line of demarcation. So it's, it's a card that deals with both the left-hand path and the right-hand path, depending on which way you 
um, wish to interpret. Of course, we're interpreting in terms of the right hand pathway. And I'm not going to try to give you a description of the beasts that would be the beast that would be climbing up the mountain top if it was a left hand path, because the symbol of the goat is also the symbol of the dark brother. Okay. It's just a matter of difference in colour. We can conjure up the image of the devil, for instance, as uh, as another Capricornian symbol.